Welcome to the Creative Pen Podcast. I'm Joanna Penn, thriller author and creative entrepreneur, bringing you interviews, inspiration and information on writing, publishing options and marketing ideas for your book. You can find the episode show notes, your free author blueprint and lots more information at thecreativepen.com and that's pen with a double N. And here's the show. Hello creatives, I'm Joanna Penn from thecreativepen.com and it is the 18th of November 2019 as I record this and it is important to timestamp today's show as it features technology and we all know how fast technology is changing right now so if you're listening to this in the future assume it's even better than I am talking about. So today I'm doing an in-betweenisode, a solo show on tips for self-publishing in translation, adventures with AI and German. And this show is sponsored by my wonderful patrons on Patreon. If you find the show useful and you want it to continue, you can support the show at patreon.com, p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash the creative pen. Right, so once you have a book in the world, translation is one of the ways that you can expand your readership and potentially your income through licensing foreign rights. And of course, as indie authors, we can reach a global audience through self-publishing our books, and many indie authors are moving into publishing in different languages, and some are successful and others not so much. So in this episode, I explain my first experiences with translation back in 2014, why I withdrew my books from the market in 2017, and why I have now published three books in German, in the hope it will help you to make some decisions about your own creative work. Number one, my first attempt at translation in 2014, and why I pulled out of the market. As ever, I am often early with my independent author experiments. Back in 2014, I got excited about the possibility of translations. I did two novels in German, Spanish and Italian, uh, Stone of Fire and uh, also Desecration. Now, I did royalty share deals with translators and did a digital-only deal with Ulstein Midnight in Germany, which was a digital-only imprint for crime novels. I put the books, uh, the self-published ones, out on Amazon in ebook and print. And with Allstein, I had the print rights, they had the ebook. And I was very excited. I was like, look at me, look at all my books. <laughs> so I did some Facebook ads and I did some email blasts with the early services in some of those markets. But it really was tumbleweed in terms of book sales. Very few sales uh, in general, even for the book with the traditional publishing imprint. Now, looking back at this point from my vantage point of expertise, <laughs> several things were wrong with this approach. So first of all, if you had come to me and said you had one book in a niche, I would say, write more books. <laughs> you really need at least three books in a niche or a series to make investment worthwhile, any kind of marketing investment worthwhile. And so you can make more money per customer. It's very hard to market anything without at least three books, which is what I would say to any author in English as well. So I got that wrong. Also, readers in those language markets are still 
primarily physical bookstore based and online sales back in 2014 for ebooks in German, Italian and Spanish had not really taken off. And in fact, they still aren't mainstream even now. And some would say Germany has taken off in 2018, 2019, but in 2014, it really just wasn't. And also um, Italian still not mainstream and uh, Spanish in some places, but there are obviously different Spanish language markets. So that was also wrong. There was no real market for digital first product. And also I spread myself too thin. So instead of doing multiple books in one language, I did, well, I did, I did two, but in different series and I did multiple languages at once. And I spent a lot of time working with the translators, a lot of time doing that publishing. And yeah, generally (laughs) it was expensive. And uh, in 2017, I gave up. And I just decided it wasn't worth my time to even try to market those books. I pulled those books out of the market. I paid off the translators. I got my rights back from the German publisher after the three-year period was up. I lost money. I was disappointed. I was burned from spending too much time on a project that ultimately failed. So, yeah, I was pretty down on translation between 2014 and 2017, 2018. Number two, why I decided to try again with German translation in 2019. (laughs) So every year I do a report on my book sales and you can find them all at thecreativepen.com forward slash timeline. And this year I was surprised to find that 7% of my book sales income came from Germany. Uh, So the country of Germany. And this was for non-fiction books in English. So I decided that suddenly there was a market I could actually serve. So if people were buying my non-fiction books in English, there was likely to be a market in German. Self-publishing in Germany has definitely taken off in the last couple of years, and readers have also begun to buy more books online. At Frankfurt Book Fair this year, I saw lots of booths full of indie authors and they were empowered uh, and they knew what they were doing. And mostly they were romance and fantasy niches talking to excited fans. And those genre writers are usually the forefront of things to come. So if it is the beginning years of self-publishing in Germany, then books like mine, which are aimed at uh, independent authors, should be popular. So I looked at the top selling nonfiction books in Germany and picked the three shortest ones. <laughs> so for example, How to Write Nonfiction, that was one of the top selling books, but it's very long. Uh, it's about 70,000 words. So instead, I decided to pick uh, the three short ones. Uh, so Successful Self-Publishing, uh, How to Make a Living with Your Writing, and uh, The Successful Author Mindset. So those are the three books that came up. They came up, all of them in, in the top five books, uh, but they're also the shortest ones. They would give me the best marketing ability and also cost the least in terms of translation. So I decided this was the lowest risk option for me in testing the market and uh, trying not to be burned in the same way I was last time. So This approach addressed those main issues I talked about. So I published three books in one niche, (laughs) giving me the potential for cross-selling and more income per customer. 
I know that online sales have taken off in Germany and I have proven sales for those books in English language. So presumably there is a market for German speaking authors too. Also, the technology has moved on. So KDP Select and Amazon Advertising are both available in the German market. So you can do book marketing without knowing the language. So those are some of the reasons that changed my positioning uh, around translation. However, you can see I'm not going back in with German, Italian and Spanish all at once. I'm going in in a specific niche in one language. Number three, why and how I used AI translation tool DeepL to create the first draft. So back in July 2019, I did a whole podcast episode, a solo show, on nine ways that artificial intelligence will disrupt authors and the publishing industry in the next 10 years. The advances in AI translation were one of those ways. And as part of my research, I looked at a number of companies. So some of the most advanced AI translation were, were only taking on these really big accounts. I did email some of them and basically was told I would have to spend, you know, hundreds of thousands of euro to get access to their translation engines. But DeepL came highly recommended from a German bilingual friend who works uh, in the business world. Uh, it, so DeepL is D-E-E-P-L dot com. So it is only... €7.99, so under €8, so again, under US dollars a month with a free 30-day trial and you get five book translations or document translations in that time. And it doesn't seem to matter how long they are. I tried with a 70,000-word book um, as well as some shorter works. So very importantly, and I read the terms and uh, terms of service in detail, obviously they change terms of service, so you will need to read anything yourself. <laughs> but when I read it, and I da actually downloaded the terms of service uh, time stamped for that when I did the translations because I wanted to be clear on this, um, the copyright for the translation belongs to the owner of the document, which is me. So this is very important for German because in Germany, for translations in German in Germany, I'm not sure uh, if that goes any further for any other jurisdiction or any other language. It's not true in English, um, but it's it's true in German. Uh, so the translator can have the copyright to the translation. But if the first draft belongs to you, then any further work is editing of an initial draft. So the copyright remains with the original author. And since control of intellectual property is such a critical part of the author business, this is very attractive and almost a reason to do it in order that you own that first draft. Um, and I'm talking as an IP, an intellectual property creator and owner. If you are listening and you are a translator, that's your business model. This is my business model. I create IP, I license IP. That is what I do. So we all have to look at how business works, how our business models work and protect what we do. I completely understand that. But I will come back to what I think is important for translators in a minute. But essentially with uh, DeepL, I mean, you can just try it because they do 30 days free. It, it, you know, you could just upload one of your books just to see how it works, even if you don't speak 
any other language. But if you are bilingual in one of the languages they support, then definitely have a go because it's well worth having a look at um, what it might mean. And of course, it gets better every day. So upload the book and within one minute, which is kind of crazy, uh, it is translated into German or whatever language you choose. And yeah, you get the five books per month for under eight euro. So basically less than a couple of coffees for a whole translated book. Well, even less than a coffee for a book because you get five books for, you know, under 10 bucks. So there you go. I am not bilingual. (laughs) So I sent uh, the German and the French and some of the other versions of the books to people I know who are bilingual. And most of them said it was 70 to 80% reasonable and certainly understandable, although it definitely needed editing. Now, big caveat here, I only did non-fiction. I have not tried it for fiction because, of course, fiction has other ramifications of language and it, yeah, I definitely think it could be considered more of an art than non-fiction. Even as a writer, I would say my non-fiction is, um, is a very different way of working than my fiction. So I've only done this for non-fiction. But again, this is what my market is asking for. This is what my market is buying. So uh, I do know people who are doing it for fiction and they are very happy with their process, which is very similar to mine. So back to translators. If you are a translator, I believe this tool, uh, AI translation in general, could help with your workflow. It's like a first draft and it could save you time. I think that AI translation will expand the possibilities for translators, not replace it. It might replace very grunty basic work, but it will enable you to do the more artistic side. It will also mean that many more authors and publishers like myself will do translations because it become it will be che- cheaper and quicker to do but all these books will still need editing and they will still need localization for non-fiction in particular in order to produce a finished manuscript and this is very important number 4 turning the first draft into a finished manuscript in another language that you don't speak <laughs> Of course, a first draft is not a finished work that you can publish and expect to get good reviews on. So I engaged several different editors at different levels. I worked with four editors in total, uh, as well as a couple of proofreaders and uh, also a team of German-speaking beta readers from the Creative Pen community. And thank you if you are listening and you are one of those people who helped me with the books. Now, this editing stage and polishing took much longer than I expected or budgeted for. There were, uh, well, here, here are some of the difficulties. The first hurdle was the use of see and do. So in English, we have the word you, uh, Y-O-U, but in German and of course many other languages, there are different words for you. In this case, see is for more of a formal occasion when you don't know someone and do is for the informal friendship usage. Now the associated words in a sentence also change form based on the choice so it is not find and replace. So DeepL didn't translate every occurrence in the same way which is very frustrating. So we had to make a decision. Now we did the first book with C because I 
Uh, There were a number of reasons, but basically my beta readers said it just didn't sound like me. A number of people came back and said, look, the the content is there, but it doesn't sound like you. And so we changed it and went with do. And I'm very happy with the result because my beta readers are happy. The mindset book in particular needed to be do, but we didn't do that first. Uh, but it's obviously I need to have a consistent voice even in German. So uh, the use of do is very common in um the self-help niche and also for bloggers. So it is appropriate. And if you do read German and you read those books, you'll see that we've used, uh, see that we've used the word do. (laughs) Also, um, your editor translators, if you are doing this process, they still need experience with the nonfiction niche in order to translate specific words and also to localize the content. So for example, Erfolgreich Al's self-publisher, which is successful self-publishing, I'm not even going to try a German accent, uh, has a load of resources that are different for the German market than they are in the UK and the US and other English-speaking markets. And I couldn't have done this uh, localization without the help of my wonderful German editor. Um, I I had, as I said, I had multiple editors, but one in particular was um, more than editor. She was also consultant and much more. Now, I'm deliberately not sharing her details because she is on maternity leave. If she returns to work uh, in 2020 and and wants more of this work. I've said I will update this article and promote her widely because she was excellent. But, you know, everyone has to choose their path and she's not available. (laughs) So I'm not going (laughs) to deluge her inbox with all of you people who want to do this. And I know there's many of you. (laughs) So that's basically what we did. Um, In some cases, I had a translator who was quite capable of translating the work, but then did not know how to localise because this, you know, being an author was not their niche. So you definitely need different people. And then with the beta readers, I was obviously, uh, well, I was using bookfunnel.com to send a draft and then they would send back notes. But because the notes were in German, I sent those through to the editor and uh, it, it was a very long process, much longer than I expected. Five, the publishing process. Why I am starting out with KDP Select and Amazon exclusivity for German ebooks. So obviously, if you've been listening to this show, you know I am a vocal supporter of publishing wide. Uh, but I always say, as a caveat, if authors have at least three books in a niche, so fiction series or nonfiction to the same audience, And they have the time and knowledge to market more widely. Now, I absolutely market in English very widely, um, but I can't in German. It definitely takes a few books if you're starting out uh, before an author is ready to think about different kinds of publishing and book marketing. So it makes sense to start with Amazon if you're publishing first in English, for sure. Plus, we also have the most extensive opportunities for English language books, and many of those opportunities are not available in other countries and languages. So my wide publishing for English language is based on the fact that I have global marketing for an English language audience. This podcast is a great example. It's been downloaded in over 220 countries now. And so this site um, and this podcast have a global reach as well as my social media being accessed all over the world. So I want readers in every country to be able to buy my books or borrow them from libraries. 
So wide publishing is the best thing for what I want to achieve as an author and a businesswoman with a long-term mindset. But I do not have a platform in German. I don't have a podcast in German. I don't speak German. I don't actively market in the German language. And also the opportunities uh, are available, but they're not as extensive. So I am starting out with Amazon KDP Select for eBooks in order to take advantage of some of the marketing opportunities that do not require me to speak the language in order to use. Once I get an audiobook done, um, and of course ACX is not available in Germany right now, so I'm probably going to hold back at the moment. Uh, hopefully this will change in 2020, but once that is available, I will use also Audible exclusivity. So I'm intending to be exclusive for ebook, you know, digital sales. Now I may revisit this over time. For example, uh, in a year towards the end of 2020, I might have a look and revisit this. But the other ebook, the main ebook retailer in Germany, Tolino, which you can reach if you want to go wide in Germany, you can use Draft to Digital or Publish Drive or Smashwords or whatever. Uh, but Tolino doesn't have the type of promotional capabilities as Amazon. And some of the indie authors I met at Frankfurt said it was harder for them to market on Tolino, which means it would be even more difficult for me as a non German speaker. So Ingram Spark does have print partnerships in Germany, so I will be looking at that next. Uh, but again, when you look at how much time everything takes to do stuff, uh, when you are going backwards and forwards with designers who also don't speak German, and then you have to get proof pages um, reviewed by German speakers. And I mean, seriously, I've done far more work for these books than I do for my English language books normally. So I will be expanding all of this stuff, but I needed to get them out there as is for now. So that's why I'm going exclusive. And I hope that helps some of you uh, because I think this is something I realized as I was going through the process was, do you know what? I just have very little choice here. Uh, if I'm going to sell any books, I have to take advantage as much as possible of what I can do. Six, book marketing in German, when you don't speak the language. So, in fantastic timing, uh, in October 2019, Amazon KDP added Amazon.de, which is the German store, to the KDP dashboard. So we can now use Amazon advertising for books in the German store, which are also people shopping on there from Austria and Switzerland and other German-speaking um, countries. So you can now go into the KDP dashboard and click promote and advertise, and then there will be a drop-down .com store, .co.uk or .de. So you can choose DE and then you can use auto ads based on a budget. And this is brilliant if you don't speak the language. Or in fact, you can use auto ads uh, anyway. And in fact, Mark Dawson talked about this on the last show. You might as well start with auto ads and see what it comes up with. So uh, also thanks to Dave Chesson at Publisher Rocket, which will soon be releasing a German version, which helped me pick keywords to put on my Kindle book and also to create um, some ads with. So you can find that at thecreativepen.com forward slash rocket. R-O-C-K-E-T. And uh, that is in beta as I record this, but uh, Dave has said it will be out. I'm sure uh, it will be out soon because, of course, lots of authors want to get into advertising on the German market. 
I also discovered I have around 400 subscribers to my email list in the countries of Germany, Austria and Switzerland. So I emailed them all and said uh, that I have advanced review copies available and also uh, please could people put reviews on the books. I also am doing, uh, well I did as we speak, I just turned them off, but I did a week's worth of Facebook advertising uh, based on authors in those countries who have an interest in self-publishing. I have done a couple of interviews uh, on German podcasts. Obviously, I was speaking English. (laughs) Uh, And so uh, those wonderful hosts, um, thanks to Henry and Claudia, and they will be doing an introduction to their audience. So I have done some what you would call content marketing, but since it's in English, it's hard to know how useful that will be. (laughs) But that's about the extent of my marketing. And uh, I will, of course, be taking advantage of KDP Select and doing some free days. There are, um, in the back of successful or a Fulgreich Al self-publisher. There's a whole list of resources for um, promotion of ebooks in Germany. So if you are thinking of doing this, um, you know, that's quite a useful book. <laughs> uh, okay, so that's kind of what I did for marketing. And finally, seven, my thoughts on translation and rights licensing, AI and the future. So was it worth doing? Well, Obviously, I can't tell you any financial return because I've only just made them available. Um, I expect that I will make money on these books, absolutely, this time. It was much cheaper to get the initial translation done with DPL, but it still cost me for editing, extra formatting, marketing, and my time, which I haven't costed out, but it was expensive in terms of my time uh, in managing the whole process. Outsourcing this would obviously be a good way forward, and that is something I would consider. Uh, And I'll come on to that in a minute. So it was more expensive and inverted commas than expected and took a lot more time than I had planned for the process. I was also really frustrated by the lack of control. Now, many of us go into self-publishing because we can control a lot more stuff. We can fix a typo, we can change a cover, we can update the book if we want to uh, very easily. But I couldn't even fix a stray typo uh, because I couldn't see it. I mean, I could fix it and I did fix it when um, my editor or beta readers pointed them out. But it was really hard. I mean, even the formatting on vellum, which I did myself... (laughs) I know I shouldn't have done it myself, but I was aware of the amount of changes that I might have to do. And uh, yeah, so it was just really hard because you can't, you know, I might highlight something and make it a subhead and then get told by a beta reader that I made the wrong sentence, the subhead, and it was completely meaningless or updated something just by mistake, but I couldn't see the problem. So Vellum, by the way, does have settings for German books. So that wasn't the issue. It was more that I was frustrated because I couldn't see the little things that I quite often fix when I do my books in English. So also because I don't have the extensive marketing that I do in English, it's also very frustrating for me to not have all these resources that I've spent years creating. Uh, You know, I've spent over a decade building my platform and suddenly it's like going back to baseline again. And that was kind of annoying. (laughs) Uh, So is it worth doing? 
I think it is worth doing translation projects as an indie if you have evergreen books that you want to invest in for the long term and if you can invest the time and if you have a marketing angle. But I certainly think it's best done if you are bilingual or if you can partner with other authors or self-publishers that help uh, help you do the parts of the process that need language and niche knowledge. So for example, if you are an indie author with a platform for authors in another country, any other country, you know, I would be more than happy to talk about partnering with you around licensing my books. But this is the difficult thing is, you know, I, it's just very hard when there's no marketing uh, sort of infrastructure to be able to use. So I also, let's just think longer term, And the reason I talk about doing evergreen books is because I realise, and I realised this once I pretty much had almost finished the process, that the mindset book is an evergreen book. It's totally, you know, it will be valid probably after I die because mindset, these things don't change. (laughs) We all still have self-doubt. We all still have fear of judgment, all of these things. So, uh, but the other books, How to Make a Living with Your Writing and Successful Self-Publishing, they will probably be out of date by, let's say, 2022. They might be a little bit outdated before that, say within 18 months time, but certainly within three years time, they may, they'll, I'll probably have to withdraw those or, or update them. Obviously, can update. I update my nonfiction books all the time, um, but it's much harder to do it in another language. Okay, so uh, let's look forward. I think we're in a period of the next five to ten years where rights licensing will be as is and will be fine. But by the twenty thirties, we will be using wearables or using devices where things are translated automatically. So I have gone back to look at some of the things I was looking at in July. So this is five months later, right? There's a whole new area called Neural Machine Translation, NMT. And this is an expanding area. Google, uh, only in the last couple of weeks, recently introduced a model with 103 languages trained on 25 billion examples. And all the links are in the show notes, so you can go and click on these articles to read them yourselves. I'm not making this up. Uh, Also, AI translation earbuds have been released by a number of companies. So you can be, you know, in Germany wearing these earbuds or you can be having a phone conversation and it's translating in real time. Many of us, me included, use Google Lens already on the phone to translate signs or menus or other written text while traveling. If you haven't tried that, um, just Google Google Lens and you'll find out about it. But it's super useful for particularly menus. I like eating in other countries and always good to translate them. So AI translation is developing at great speed and it's inevitable that disruption will come to the translation industry because of this. So yeah, let's say by the 2030s, so a decade, another decade, uh, this will be very different. 
So in a similar way to AI audio and voice synth technology, I think translation will split into different segments for rights licensing. People will want to consume cheaper books and they will not mind AI translation for a more affordable product. But there will always be a market for artisanal, human-translated, artistic works. So if you're a translator, then I would suggest... um, you know, thinking about that and your personal brand as a translator and how you can move into doing these different levels of of work. But of course, the translation, as I've talked about, the translation is not really the problem anymore. It's the marketing. (laughs) And that's no different in English. (laughs) Just because you have a book available doesn't mean you can sell any copies. So, All of this together makes me want to pursue licensing deals for translation with, uh, you know, at least a 10, up to a 10 year horizon. Now, most licensing deals are sort of three to seven to 10 year licensing deals anyway. So that works well. I currently have, obviously, I have my books in German now. I have nonfiction books in French licensed through Club Positive. Thank you, Cyril Godefroy, who uh, listened to the show and uh, has a nonfiction brand for authors in French. Also in Korean, I have nonfiction book in Korean, and I'm going to pursue more of these deals through Curl Up Press, which is at curlappress.com. So if you are listening and you are interested in licensing any of my books, uh, please email me joanna at thecreativepen.com and this is going to be a big focus of mine in 2020. So uh, in conclusion, I've put some resources in the show notes. I can't read them out. They're all links. Um, But the Alliance of Independent Authors is running a translation rights program at the moment and sharing their lessons learned. It's not about AI, but it is about translation and rights uh, licensing. Also, there are a number of places that might be useful if you want to look for a translator or if you are a translator and you want to work with indies. Uh, Then actually, you could even put a comment on this on the show notes. Uh, Translators Base is one of the sites that seems pretty good. Also, I did a discussion with Orna Ross on the Alliance of Independent Authors podcast last month. So um, that might be useful too. I also have a whole load of interviews with my original translators and sharing my experience with those original languages if you want to avoid my uh, mistakes and make sure you get it right. Okay, so I would love to know what you think about all this, because whether AI powered translation or not, I have had a real range of responses so far to what I have shared. Some people are very upset that I would even consider this. I have had uh, some emails that have have upset me, actually, um, because I, I really want to help people. I hope you guys know that. I want to help people. And part of the reason I talk about this, this stuff is because this is, it is inevitable. There is a book by Kevin Kelly called The Inevitable, <laughs> which is fantastic. Uh, but I want to make sure we do not end up by the wayside uh, in the next decade. So part of the reason for me doing all of this is so that I can share lessons learned. Um, but yes, I have been told I'm irresponsible for even talking about this stuff. Uh, but other authors have emailed to say that they are in full-scale production mode using DeepL, and one author uh, already has a lot of books out in a number of languages. And I am not the only person doing this. In fact, um, I'm just I'm just the only person talking about it in public. Most 
authors, most authors do this stuff without talking about it. I'm sure you realise that. There are very few of us who do podcasts. Um, Most people are just getting on with their creative lives. So, yeah, I guess I would challenge you to say, well, how would you know whether someone is using AI to do the first draft when if they then use editing and beta readers and stuff? You shouldn't be able to tell with my books in German that the first draft was done with an AI because they went through lots of humans after that. So you can put a comment on the show notes for this episode, episode 461 at thecreativepen.com forward slash podcast or tweet me at thecreativepen with a double N or email me joanna at thecreativepen.com and uh, that will get through the filter of my (laughs) assistant. So thanks again to my wonderful patrons on Patreon who pay for my time to create these kinds of episodes and to be honest, to do the kinds of experiments I end up doing with AI. Uh, If you find the show useful and you want it to continue, you can support the show at patreon.com, p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash the creative pen. Okay, I'll be back on Monday with another useful interview. And in terms of technology, I will be sharing the first official play of my voice synth, my voice double, which has arrived. If you are a patron, I've already sent it to you and I'm loving the responses. So uh, it has been an exciting week. Lots more to share. So happy writing and I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening today. I hope you found it helpful. You might also like the backlist episodes and show notes available at thecreativepen.com forward slash podcast. You can also get your free author blueprint at thecreativepen.com forward slash blueprint. If you'd like to connect, you can tweet me at The Creative Pen or find me on Facebook at The Creative Pen. See you next time. <laughs>